Psalm 126 from verse 1 onwards. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Praise be to God. I'm going to read Psalm 126, verse 1 onwards, the second time. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. The last time we're going to read together, Psalm 126. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion... We were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, our tongue with singing. Then they said, among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Verse 4. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who soak in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Praise be to God. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Praise be to God. Verse 1, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. If you have your pens with you, uh, you can underline it or you can write it down in your journals or your notebooks or wherever you're taking notes, you're taking notes. God, our God, is the Lord God, who brings back the captives from their captivity. If you're writing notes, you can write that. 
If not, you can highlight your Bible. Brought back the captivity of Zion. Our God is a God who brings back the captives from their captivity. That means those who were once bound, it is the God of Israel who sets his captives free. The key verse, or the key word here is Zion. Zion in the Bible stands for a physical location. It stands for his people as a whole. It also stands for believers as individuals. So you have three categories, but all three can be one. How the body of Jesus is the body of Jesus as a whole. And then every member is also a part of the body of Jesus, just like that. Zion is a physical location, but also it stands for the people of God, the house of God. And it also stands for the individual believer who is part of Zion. So they're also called Zion. Whose captivity will God turn around? Who will God bring out of captivity? His people. Those who are in that covenant relationship with God Almighty, that means who are inside God, inside his fold, who are called the people of God, who are within the fold of God, God turns their captivity around. So if you are part of the body of Jesus Christ, if you belong to God Almighty, then this promise is for you. God will turn your captivity around. God will bring you out of your captivity. Whatever is holding you back, whatever is confining you, whatever is keeping you from becoming that which God wants you to become, whatever restriction that is around you, the promise here is God will take you out of that, just like how he took Joseph out of his captivity. He went to Egypt as a, as a captive, as a slave, from being a slave, he became a prisoner. He was already in a prisoner, so to speak, as a slave. Because he can't run out of there. He has to be there. He was already confined. But he even got more restricted by being thrown in the prison. In the place where he was as a slave, he at least had some kind of freedom. From there, he was thrown even to a stricter environment, more restricted environment, where he's no access to any kind of outside world, period. Even as a slave, whatever, you know, outside world, he was able to see the sun while he was doing his slave work as a slave. He didn't even have that as a prisoner. He was locked inside a deeper captivity. God saw all of these things. He saw where he was and from there, how he actually went downward, so to speak, in the eyes of people. And Satan said, I have locked you and I have locked you for good. And that's it. You cannot come out. Satan thought, you know what? Once I get him in prison with this false accusation, with these false charges, once I get him in here, that's it. Joseph, God gave a vision. God gave you a dream and God gave you his word. Oh, I locked you in. It's never going to happen. In Satan's mind, Satan thought as long as he is Jacob's son and as long as he is in front of Jacob, just like how Isaac had access to Abraham's, now Jacob had access to Isaac's, 
Joseph can also have access to Jacob's and somehow he'll flourish and he'll become a king in the land where his father is. But Satan was so wrong. He only heard a part of the prophecy, part of the vision. He did not know the location. It was hidden from him. God kept it as his secret. Secret between him and Joseph. But God was grooming Joseph for something far greater that Satan had no clue of. There's a prophecy God is giving at this hour. There's certain things that God will do that the enemy will have no clue of. Satan will be thinking, oh, this is happening because this was prophesied. And this is happening because this is how it's going to be. And so I'll block here, I'll block there, I'll block this, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do this. But you know what? God will bypass everything because God has a totally different plan. But Satan has no clue of. God is speaking to our hearts in this hour. When we yield ourselves to the living God, when God is over our circumstances, and he allows the enemy to do whatever the enemy wants to do, the enemy has no clue of what God is about to do. He does not know. He'll only see a little bit. And with that little bit, he tries to imagine with his head, thinking that this is what it's going to be. Probably God is going to do this. Probably God, then he'll try to put a stop here, put a stop there, put a stop here, put a stop here, put a stop here. He'll try every, everything. But our God comes and he does something totally different. Shocking the enemy. That's what happened. That's what happened to Joseph. He never thought the very tool that Satan used, that God will take the very tool to crush the head of that serpent, to bring Joseph all the way to the top to fulfill his word that he gave to Joseph. God is speaking to our hearts today. Whatever God has spoken to us, it's important for us to hold on to it, not walk by sight, but walk by faith. That's very important. If you belong to Zion, if you belong to Zion, if you belong to Zion, then God says he will turn away your captivity. God will take you away from your captivity. He will bring you out of your prison doors. He will take you away from that which is confining you, that which is holding you back from doing what God wants you to. But you know what? If a baby is pulled out of the mother's womb, when it's three months inside the womb, the baby will die. There is this formation there is this time period where God is forming something inside. Where God is doing something inside. You know, it's completely hidden from the outside world. It's completely hidden from the outside world. No matter what technology we have, no matter what ultrasound we have, no matter what this we have, that we have, we cannot see the fine details of how things are happening in the womb, how the development happens every day, moment by moment. It's hidden. It's hidden from man's view. God hides it. There are certain things. God keeps it. It's a secret. It's a special thing that happens. God hid his plan from Lucifer. God hid what he was doing from Lucifer. When God was working inside of Joseph, where God is actually strengthening him every day, when David ran from Saul, the victories that God gave David, the Psalms that David wrote, do you think Satan would have had a clue of how these Psalms were going to bless thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of generations? No. 
Oh, he was just going like a mad dog after David, going into Saul and moving Saul to run after David. But the power of God was increasing more and more and more inside of David. It looked like David was a fool. Oh my God, somebody would have thought. What happened to this guy? He was doing fine until this prophet came and laid hands on him and poured the oil on him and anointed him to become the king over Israel. Now, he doesn't even have a home. What happened to this guy? Look at his brothers. They all have a good life. They have children. They have families. And, and look at how fine they are. Nobody is bothering them. And look at this guy. He is hunted for his life from the day this prophet came and gave this word. What happened to him? Something happened to him. The day the prophet came and laid hands on him, something happened to him. Spiritually, something happened to him. He got that power to run. He got the power to fight. He got the power to endure. He got the power to persevere. He got the power to move from place to place, from being a little shepherd boy to having that power to move in the direction of God. Something happened. David put to use everything that God gave to him. Yes, he was in captivity outside Israel, running within Israel and seeing bloodshed. When a priest tried to help him, the priests and entire priests were there with him. All of them were killed by Saul. What a tragedy. How murderous Saul was. How Satan dreaded David from becoming the king. How he just chased after David nonstop. David was just running and running and running. Not running because he was scared. No, he was running because God wanted him to run from one place to another. Every place he was doing something for God. Every place something was happening inside of David. Every time he did something, something was poured into him. Something was poured into him. David was becoming stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. You know how when you build with the concrete, you put the brick and then you put that cement and after you put it, you let it set and then you pour water on it to make it stronger. You need that. That anointing of God is necessary. With the word that comes, with God taking us and taking the word of God and fixing that upon us and making us stable. We need that anointing of God to just pour upon us to make us strong. Without that, we won't have that strength. Somebody can just push us down. We'll just walk like a Bible dictionary or a, or a walking audio Bible saying that Psalm 24 says this, Psalm 33 says this, and Psalm, you know, I've seen a lot of people like that who will say good references, scriptures with references, but you know what? There's nothing in their spirit. That's a whole bunch of things. Oh, this says this, that says this, and because of this, that says this. And when you see them, you'll think, oh my God, look at all the scriptures that they know. Do you know what? It's here, not here. It has to be in your spirit. Only the spirit of God can do that. In order for the captivity to be turned, in order for a person to be turned away or taken away from the captivity, to be separated from their captivity. They have to be in this group called the group of God, house of God, body of God, people of God, Zion. You have to be Zion. When you are a Zion, part of the body of Jesus Christ, 
God says, all those who belong to this Zion, I will turn their captivity around. When God does that, it's marvelous. And the Bible says here, this happened to God's people. And when it happened, those people, for them, it looked like it was a dream. We were living in this captivity for so long because it happened so fast. That's why it was like a dream. It's not that they didn't believe it. No. They were praying for it. They were expecting. But you know what? It happened so suddenly. In a twinkling of a night, you brought Joseph out of prison. In a twinkling of a night. You heal the man by the pool in the twinkling of an eye. You brought the dead back to life. Suddenly, suddenly, so suddenly. It happens so suddenly. It happens so suddenly. That's why it looks like a dream. Not that, oh, it's happening or it happened. I'm not able to believe that it happened. And is it a dream? No. There are people who think like that. But when it happens suddenly, it happens so suddenly. Like you slept and you got up. And you are in a whole different world. My dreaming is it real? That's what this talks about. God, when he does something, it happens so suddenly. Well, didn't God speak to us in the beginning of the year? Where the Spirit of God said through Prophet Elisha, Tomorrow by this time, you are going to have abundance. Tomorrow by this time. That's suddenly, suddenly, suddenly he moved the lepers. Suddenly he moved their hearts. Suddenly he moved the enemies out of there. Suddenly he brought wealth into the nation that was in starvation for a long time. When God turns away our captivity, we were like those who dream dreams. That means so fast it happened. You're not able to see. Is this real or am I dreaming? So fast, so fast. And there's a word of the Lord God is giving at this hour. There are things that will happen so fast, so fast, so fast that you'll be wondering, is this real? This is real. Is this real? This is real. Well, you have the word from the Lord because God said he will do it suddenly and it happened so Suddenly, God is speaking to our heart today. How many of us can believe the word of God? You don't want to be like the officer who sat there and said, Oh, even if God opens windows in heavens, I don't think this can happen. Because he thought the windows of God were like his little puny windows in his house. Windows in the heavens. doesn't make any sense. Think about that sentence. If God opens windows in the heavens, he, do you think the heaven is like the size of his head or something? How big the sky is and how big the heavens are. Windows in heavens. What is he talking about? Full of spirit of unbelief. It's a demonic spirit. Doesn't make sense. Senseless demonic spirit. Don't give room to unbelief. Don't give room to unbelief. Because unbelief will keep you from inheriting the blessing of God. God is speaking at this hour. When God does something, he will do it suddenly. In a twinkling of an eye, so suddenly. So suddenly. One moment this, the next moment this. One moment this, the next moment this. Total different, totally in a different environment. Two different environments. 
One moment in prison, next moment in the palace. Is it a dream? It's real. It's like a dream. It happened so fast. It happened so fast. God is speaking to our hearts. With God's people, we know. Because he spoke already, it's going to happen. We are looking forward to it. Still, so fast. When God does it, it happens so fast. God is speaking to our hearts this hour. What happens at that time? The people who received that which God spoke to them, suddenly, what happened to them? Suddenly their mouths were filled with laughter, from weeping, from sadness, from sorrow, from confusion, from crying. All of a sudden, now their mouth, their mouths are filled with laughter. All of a sudden. The sorrow is replaced with joy. All of a sudden, songs of mourning has been replaced with songs of joy. All of a sudden, something has happened. Some shift has happened because of what God has brought to the natural realm, that which he spoke from the spiritual realm. God is speaking to our hearts today. This is only for those who believe and will be part of the people of God. Then was a mouth filled with laughter and a tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Who says that? People around them. There are eyewitnesses there, people who are around you, not just from within you, but around you, will see from every corner. We saw him in the prison, now he is in the palace. We saw him crippled. The other day, oh, someone say, just, I just saw him an hour ago sitting in that place, that blind Bartimaeus. I just saw him just right there. Is that him? I just saw him by the pool of Bethesda, right there. I just saw him, I just passed by him just five minutes ago. Is that the same person? The people who are around us will see great things God has done for us. They'll be happy. That's it. Oh, we've never seen something like this. How are they happy for what God has done for you? You know why? Number one, it's the work of God. Number two, it'll stimulate their faith. They're so happy because they know, I have hope. I have hope. If this happened for them, this can happen for me. I have hope. Your testimony, what God will do for you, will create this hope in the lives of people who know you and people who don't know you as a result of knowing what God has done for you. When they see what God has done for you, hope within them will arise. It will cause them to rise up from a state of hopelessness. It will cause them to receive that hope from God by watching your testimony, by seeing what God has done for you. So they'll be very happy. They'll be happy for what? They see in you because that creates hope in them. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Turn away our captivity, O Lord. That's what the psalm says here. Turn away our captivity. So the people here, they're praying this prayer. Lord, turn away our captivity. Lord, take us away from this prison. Lord, move us out of this predicament. Lord, take us away from these shackles. Lord, pull us out of this mire. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Is this your prayer? Is this your prayer? Our God hears every prayer. 
as you pray, as you pray, it is important for you to believe that he will do it and it'll be like a dream. He will do it and it'll happen like this. Not for those who give up, but those who persevere, those who say, Lord, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe you're able to turn my captivity around. You're able to, just like how you did for those over here in Psalm 126. You can do it for me. You can do it for me. First half says, it's done. The next says, Lord, do it for us. They're looking to their past victories and they're saying, Lord, you did it before. Do it again. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. That means when you go to God, when you seek God and you say, Lord, I believe that you can do it. And you take the word of God and you take it into his presence. And you place that word of God in the presence of God and you bring it before him and you pray with tears. You know what God will do? He will take the word because you believe. You're not crying over it because you're doubting. You're not crying over it because you're just saying it just to say and then you're just fully you're wallowing in self-pity and you're just crying, oh, Lord, I believe you're going to turn around, but look at me now. And No, that's not something that will bring forth fruit. Your prayer has to be, Lord, in spite of what I see, I know what you can do because this is what you said. And you cry in prayer, but it's cry of victory. I've spoken about this before many times. Tears shed in the presence of God is very powerful, very powerful. Our tears shed in the presence of God can move heaven and earth if those are righteous tears, number one. And number two, if they are tears full of faith. Two things are very important I want to say. If your tears are righteous and if your tears are full of faith, it'll move mountains. It'll move mountains. So those who sow in tears, what are you sowing? You're sowing the word of God. You're sowing the word of God by faith. That which God has spoken over you, you're taking that and you're sowing it in tears by faith. What are you going to reap? The promises that God has spoken, when you take that, when you sow it in faith, you're going to reap the outcome of that. That means you will see the manifestation of the word in action. Forfeit. Now, how do you sow? Is it a one-time thing? Verse 6, very important. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seeds for sowing. It's not that, well, I cried today and I prayed and, and I finished praying. And so I'm not, you know, there are some people who say this. If you pray once, that's enough. If you pray again, it's lack of faith. Well, that's not biblical. That's not scriptural. We need to understand that. Unless you pray once and God says, you don't have to pray it anymore. You should pray. Because only when you have faith, you go to God again and again and again. Because Jesus said, ask and keep on asking. You go to God and you ask. And he also brought the parable of the widow and the unjust judge. And he says, pray like this. Like the woman who went again and again and again. Persevere. Not because God is deaf. No. Because you're expressing your faith to God and saying, Lord, you told me this. I thank you for this. Lord, you told me this. I know you will do this. And I thank you because you're going to do this. So do this, my father. And we pray with tears. And it's tears of faith. When we shed tears of faith, righteous tears in the presence of God. Righteous tears and tears of faith in the presence of God. It'll move mountains. 
and how often you continually go forth weeping. That means when you make it your business to persevere in prayer. That means pray through to victory. That means you pray until you see it happen. You pray until you see it happen. You pray until you see it happen. Now, there are two things here. One is the Spirit of God will say sometimes, like for me, God has said in times of prayer, when I pray for people, God will clearly say, it's done. That's it. No more. Like, and, and so there are times when the Spirit of the Lord will say, done. That's it. No more. And we know that. After that, you pray. Oh, Lord, do it. That's unbelief. Beyond that, it's unbelief. At that time, we will be doing counter to what God has said, and that'll work opposite. So there are times the Spirit of the Lord will clearly say, done. No more. And there are many times God has led me like that when I prayed for many people. Once it's done, once the Spirit of the Lord says, it's done. That's it. It's over. But there are times the Spirit of the Lord will say, call for a 21 days fasting prayer. Call for a 40 days fasting prayer. Call for a 10 days fasting prayer. Call for a 7 days fasting prayer. And we pray for specific prayer points and we pray for it over and over and over and over and over again. And every day God will give specific direction as to what to pray, how to pray. We follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in that. So, in short, what is very important when it comes to prayer? The Spirit of God to show us how to pray, when to pray. We pray according to the heart of God in order to get the results that we need to get from God. For that, we need to be walking with God. The promise that God gives us here is, when we belong to Zion, when we belong to God Almighty, God will turn away our captivity. But how will that happen? When we stall the tears, bearing the word of God that God has given to our hands. Understand this. It's God who gives the seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So the the base comes from God. Without that base, we cannot do anything. The life force comes from God. So the seeds are given by God. We bear the seeds. We bear it with tears. That's our part. But the seeds themselves, the seeds themselves come from God. When we take those seeds that God has given, which is the word of God, very specific promises as God spoke to us on Sunday. When we take that and we take it to God in faith and fight in prayer on our knees with tears of faith, we will bring the answers from heaven. I want to finish with the scripture. The fervent, effectual prayer or the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person, man or woman, avails much. Or in another translation, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person produces great results. Or we can say it this way. As I said here, the beginning part, has to be righteous tears. So the righteousness is very important. You need to be walking with God. You need to live a holy life, number one. Then it has to be fervent prayer. And that's what is going to bring forth the results from the hands of God. Fervent, effectual prayer, effectual fervent prayer. That you pray without giving up. Faith-filled prayer. That you persevere in prayer without giving up. When you persevere in prayer without giving up, 
then you see God move heaven and earth for your situation. So we can never take one um, incident or the way God leads us at one time and generalize it and say, okay, this is how God is leading and so Last time he told me to stop after I prayed one time, so I'm going to pray every time, only one time. No, we'll become a failure. Every single time we need to depend on God as to what God wants us to do. If he says, Jordan River seven times, that's what you do. If he says, over there three times, that's what you do. At that time, you say, oh, no, 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 no. Last time he said seven times, so I'm going to do four more times. And that four will cancel out the three you did because now it's unbelief. You don't add to what God has said. When you do that, that means you're overdoing because of lack of faith. Learn to do exactly what God tells you to do. Nothing more, nothing less. The fervent effectual prayer or the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much, it produces much results. So as you take the word of God, which are the seeds that God gives, specific promises like God has given many in this new year and they all tally so beautifully together take all those and whatever God has spoken to you personally personal prophecies when you came for prayer take all those and be consistent in your prayer life take it before God and pray over those make sure you're walking right before that and do those simultaneously together and see what God will do he will turn your captivity around he will bring you out of your captivity and you fill your mouth with laughter and your tongue with singing. The heathen at that point will look at you and say, what great things God has done for them. There's hope for me too. He's done for them. There's hope for me too. And he'll be drawn to your God. God's people will look at you and say, what great things God has done for them. And they'll rejoice with you because the victory for you is a victory for us. The victory for us is a victory for you because we are all one. So there'll be great celebration in the house of God. When the heathen sees you, they'll bring great hope for the heathen because he'll say, what your God did for you, he can do for me too. There's hope for me too. But in order for that to happen, you need to be in Mount Zion. You need to be with the people of God. In order for that to happen, your tears must be righteous tears and tears of faith. In order for that to happen, you need to Carry the precious seeds that God has given. Make sure you carry it. Make sure you treat it precious. Make sure you hold on to it. Make sure you continually take it before the presence of God and sow it there. You will come back rejoicing. Bringing the results of it. With a mouthful of laughter and with your tongue full of singing. Shall we close our eyes and lift to the Lord?